What's going on, everybody? This is Trevor. And this is Cyrus. And you're listening to Drinking with the Dead. Welcome, everybody, to the 10th episode of Drinking with the Dead podcast. We are finally in double digits. We are. Wow. Only took over a year. We're still talking about that? (laughs) When are you going to let it go? (laughs) Look, he dwells in the past quite a bit. Welcome, everybody, once again. I know I already fucking said it, but uh, we appreciate everybody who's been listening to uh, the the last two episodes. Um, Yeah. So... This week is another episode by Trevante, mm-hmm. a.k.a. Trevor, a.k.a. Big T, mm-hmm. a.k.a. TD, Tell him. a.k.a. T- Mr. Two Times. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're never going to know how to start these fucking things, man. No, this is always the hardest part. It really is, man. It's, it's the, only part, the only part that doesn't have notes. <laughs> So we got to just right off the dome. I mean, we're Freestyle. all freestyling. We're only one beer in. Um, this week, uh, we picked up some of that good Freetail shit. Mm-hmm. This is uh, from Freetail Brewing Company. What we picked up was Soul Doubt, and that's S-O-U-L space D-O-U-B-T. But it's a play on words, yeah. you know? Can I have the Soul Doubt? Like it's sold, like they sold them all. Or you have some doubt in your soul. Oh, yeah. Perhaps. That, that too. So, <laughs> so this is an Indian Pale Ale, and uh, I've been dying to fucking open this, so let me just go and get right into it. So solid. A good way to start off the... I appreciate it. Appreciate it. Let me get a little sip-a-doodle. Okay. How's that taste? You, you hear the bubbles? I did. I hope the mic picked that up, because that was, that was really refreshing. Um, I mean, I've, I've had this before at the location. We actually went to Freetail. We'll talk about it in a minute. Yep. Um... Uh, it's a pale ale. It's uh, 6.8% alcohol per volume, so it gets you, gets you feeling right. It does. Gets you feeling right. Um, it's not crazy with the hops. Like, it's still smooth, but I, I think if you don't drink IPAs... You probably not like it. Yeah, you A lot of people won't. don't like IPAs. Yeah, I hear. Yeah. Um, I can see that. I, I, I don't think I liked IPAs when I first started drinking, but it's something that... I've kind of grown to love it. It's definitely an acquired taste, mm-hmm. for yeah. sure. No, for sure. And uh, cool design. Is that supposed to be a highway? I don't know. Perhaps. It kind of looks like it. Yeah. I don't know. Interesting, interesting. Made in San Antonio. Yeah. Wow. Best country in the world. Best country in the world. Yes. <laughs> All right. So, uh, yeah. So, before we do get into uh, this week's story, uh, like I said earlier, we went to Freetail, and I mean... Uh, we we haven't been there in in a year. Yeah. Since, yeah. Since since um. Yeah, exactly a year because the last time we went, it was their anniversary, and then this time when we went, it was their thirteenth anniversary. Well. anniversary. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. And um, so we we went in there uh, early. We we prefer to go to breweries early, right when they open. There's not a lot of people there. Um, you know the the workers aren't worked half the fucking death. Um. Last time we went to Long Tab, it was uh, right after work, and it was yep. man, it was fucking super it, packed. Yeah, it was fucking <laughs> packed. Um, so when I went through, uh, you know what? 
Give me a second. Okay. I can talk a little bit about the uh, different beers that I had on there. We we always go to Freetail and we end up ordering the same two items off the menu in terms of food. We either get the brisket cheesesteak, which we've talked about on the podcast oh. before, which is one of the best sandwiches that I've ever had in my life. Uh, and then if we don't get that, we tend to get the brisket pizza. So as you can see, we're very big fans of brisket. Mm-hmm. Both of them are super amazing. This time we actually got the brisket pizza. And just like every time that we got it, it was absolutely amazing. Seems like when you get that, it's just as good, if not better, than the last time mm-hmm. that you had it. Um, but we also got some flights. So on the last episode when we visit Long Tab, they unfortunately didn't do flights anymore. But... When we went to Freetail, we were thankfully able to get a flight again and not have to guess as much in terms of what we like because mm-hmm. we could have a smaller portion. Um, but what I got, I got their 13th anniversary beer. Uh, each time they have an anniversary, they do a new release of a beer. And that one was called the Space Eyed Cowboy. Um, that one was like easily... Uh, Probably one of my favorite beers that I've ever had from Free. That was the anniversary one, right? Correct. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And then other than that, I had the Chuba Oatmeal IPA, which was also very Chumba. good. Chumba. Chumba. <laughs> and then I had the Purred Pills, which is just like a typical beer. Really yeah, yeah. nothing too, too special about it. Pilsner. And then um, other than that, I had the Neighbor's Stranger Tale. Um, not going to lie. Not, not a fan. Not that I wasn't a fan, I just can't remember the experience. Mm. I don't like. I remember liking it, but I really can't speak on too much of yes, yes where it ranks amongst the others for sure. And uh, that was your four on your flight, right? Correct. Yeah. yeah. So I, I uh, also got a flight as well. Um, I started off with one of their IPAs uh, that was um, that sells out really fast, according to the yeah. to the waiter. Um, it's called the Tatarita, which I was pronouncing it Tatarita. Um, yeah, it's an IPA. Uh, even the waiter, like when he looked at my my little little card that they give us with all the names of the beers, um, he was like, "That was the best one on there." And honestly, it was. Yeah. So it kind of sucked that I started off with that one. I wish it was the last one, but uh, uh, then I had another IPA. It was called Soul Glow. Um, that was okay. Once I had the t- Tatarita, that was it. Was a like game over for the rest yeah. of them. I had the yeah. Chumba, which was an oat oatmeal IPA. Yep. Uh, it, it, it was good. Mm-hmm. Man, I fucking suck at reviews, man. <laughs> uh, and then the last one I had was the Peace Frog, which that one was just like a palate cleanser, man. It was just, it tastes yeah. like a regular beer. It wasn't IPA, nothing. It was just smooth. That's the problem with, was that? You need those in your flight, the palate cleansers. Yeah, you do, man. Mm-hmm. But I had it at the very end and I was like, man, <laughs> I really just want that Tatarita or whatever the fuck. And, uh, and then of course, after the flights, that's what I ended up drinking the rest of the day, which is the Tatarita. And uh, we got we got the brisket pizza, mm-hmm. right? And God. man, brisket pizza. Man. There's something about a <sighs> pizza that so comes good. right out of the fucking brick oven, man. It's just mm, out of this I'm world. I'm thinking about it right now. Yeah, man. yeah. It is currently uh, 11. I got I got here at 10. Yeah, we've been chopping it up. Um, I haven't eaten breakfast. Yeah, I haven't either. I also I'm, haven't I'm eaten really hungry now. They were yeah. talking about the brisket pizza. Fuck. <laughs> All right. So, with that being said, I mean, uh, you know, that was that was our experience at Freetown. Nothing different. Uh, we definitely have some new ones that we wanted to check out here in town. We have a long list of new yeah, breweries that we're sure. looking to try out. For sure, for sure. 
Um, other than that, I mean, once again, guys, I, I appreciate everybody that's tuning in. Uh, I think uh, last time we checked our analytics, we had 24 countries yeah. tuning in. I mean, you know, little people here, little not little people. What the fuck? Uh, <laughs> a little bit. Well, maybe a little, a little people. Little, little people. Yeah, maybe, yeah, yeah. but oh, yeah. a little amount of people. Um, in each country yeah it's and just it's really cool that people around the world are are listening yeah to this we podcast. appreciate it we yeah, appreciate it for sure um so once again this week is trevor's week for a story i'm gonna sit back have some brew gonna kill these motherfuckers <laughs> and uh, i'm gonna get my socks blown off yeah you so, definitely you definitely are i know this is a story you in particular are gonna about enjoy how a lot. my life got turned right <laughs> upside down sorry but I know this is a story like someone like you in particular is really going to enjoy who kind of enjoys those like kind of like psychological thr- thriller type mm. stories because with this story in particular there's a lot of twists there's a lot of turns it doesn't make sense at the beginning but then when the pieces start to fall in place then you're like oh, oh okay right on. Right I on. understand what's going mm, on real mind fuck yeah um, I didn't originally plan on doing this story and I feel like that happens with a lot of my stories but ever since we started up the podcast again I have been binge watching true crime documentaries mm. and I originally had a story which was kind of a high profile case I'm not really gonna get into it now because I'm probably gonna end up doing that episode at some point right on. but I was essentially doing my research uh, reading articles reading case files things like that and then I just started watching a documentary during one of my breaks and um, as I started to get more into it I was like what the hell is this mm-hmm. and then I was like okay change of plans this is my story right now. i have to do this because just how crazy it was yeah, yeah, yeah. and this this actually happened relatively recently um so i think it's the most recent story we've talked about on the podcast oh, to this point right on. Uh, but yeah like i said once i started watching this documentary i knew that this had to be the story that we covered on today's episode so we're gonna go ahead and get right into it but today we're gonna be diving into the barari deaths um the the Barari case um, was uh, the essentially the death of eleven family members mm. that were from Barari, Delhi, India, in two thousand eighteen. Now, one thing that I do want to say is that I am absolutely horrible at pronunciations, so uh, bear with me if I do consistently butcher pronunciations mm-hmm. throughout this episode. Um, but I don't have a ton of information on the family that we're talking about in terms of their background um, because I got so involved with the specifics of the case. Um, but I did want to at least kind of set the stage here. And of course, more details will kind of be revealed as we kind of um, go throughout the story. Um, but essentially, the family uh, that we're going to be talking about here was the Chundawit family. And this family lived in a double-story uh, house, like I mentioned, in a Barari. And they lived there for about 20 years. Um, they moved here from a place called Tohana. Um, and when they lived in Tohana, they actually owned uh, a farm. And I believe it was a, a dairy farm, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but when they moved to Barari, they had some financial troubles. But they were eventually able to work their way up to the middle class. Now, something that I did want to mention here is that in India, it's very common that multiple generations um, all live together in the, in the same house. 
Um, so we're going to kind of get into uh, the different family members that lived in, in this house. So starting off from oldest to youngest, um, we have Narani, who was the grandmother of the house. She was 80 years old. Um, and then you had her three kids, um, Pratiba, who was uh, 57, um, who was her daughter. And then we had her son, uh, Bhuvnesh, who was 50. And then Lalit, who was her younger, youngest son, and he was 45. Okay. Um, both of her sons were married, uh, and obviously their wives lived with them as well. Um, so we had Savita, who was 48, and then we had Tina, who was 42. Um, and then all three of the grandmother's children uh, also had kids of their own. Um, oh, and they shit. also lived there as well. It was a packed uh, house. Yeah. <laughs> and so we There's had... no privacy. In yeah. The house. <laughs> so we had uh, Priyanka, who was 33. Uh, Nitu, who was 25. Manu, who was 23. Uh, Manu? Dhruv, who was 15. And then lastly, Shivam, who was 15. Um, so all 11 of those family members all lived in the, uh, the same house all together. God damn. How many were there? 11 in total. 11, man. Yep. Wow. It's a lot of people for one house, but I mean, it's common. It's common there. Oh, right on. Yeah. All right. So now that we've kind of covered the background, uh, at a minimal level, uh, of the family, now it's time to kind of get into the story here. So the family was very, very close to their neighbors. Um, across from their house, they actually owned a small shop. So basically they lived in like, um, how do I explain it? Kind of like an alleyway. Okay. Their house was on one side and then they had a shop, like a general store right, right across from their house. Right on. And they also had another shop right next to their house as well. So they had two shops oh, nice. right next to that, their that'd house. That'd be nice. Yeah. They live right across the street from work, but not live it i know you work from home yeah it's hard sometimes That's because different. like you're you're sitting there on a saturday watching watching some flicks mm-hmm. and then you look over to your right and some programs there's work there's work right staring at you. at you i know man that's why i fucking hated working from home during covid but it man. would be cool though like especially... it'd be cool if it was across like if the apartment complex across from yours was fucking your work mm-hmm. that's cool that's solid that, i'm down be cool. with that i'm That'd down be with cool. that yeah yeah i i think that especially if it's like your own business i think like especially that if, like, is your own uh, business too yeah, yeah. I, I think it'd be cool right on um but on july 1st 2018 the family's neighbor had noticed that no one showed up to open the shop and thought oh, it was kind shit. of odd because they were, you know, always on time. They punctual. were very punctual. Yeah. Uh, the shop actually opened, I believe, at like four in the morning. And at Damn. this time, it, I, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, it was around seven when he noticed that nobody was there to open yeah, the shop. Yeah, yeah. So obviously he thought something was a little bit off. And then on top of that, there's 11 family members. So at least one of them had to have shown up to yeah, open yeah, up the yeah, shop. For sure. So as I mentioned, immediately he thought something was a little bit off there. So as the morning progressed a little bit, uh, they still did not see that the shop had been opened. So they started to call the family and they ended up getting no answer. Mm-hmm. At that point, one of the neighbors thought, again, this was just extremely unusual. So he decided that he was going to take it upon himself to investigate and see what was going on. So he decided to go ahead and walk over to the house and knock on the door. Um, when he got there, he noticed that the door was unlocked and that the door was slightly open. Uh, he knocked on the door. There was no answer. 
So since the door was open, again, that's a little bit of a red flag. So he said, okay, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to go inside. So as he opened the door, there's a set of stairs and he obviously goes ahead and he walks up those stairs. And when he got to the top of the stairs, that led him to the living room. Now, in the living room, there is a skylight on the roof. And yeah, right below that skylight, there's like a uh, metal grates, like a metal metal bars, like underneath the glass. Yes. Okay. And um, tied to those metal bars were nine pieces of cloth. Okay. And attached to those nine pieces of cloth were the nine bodies. God damn it. God damn it. I knew it. I fucking, I was ready. Like when you said hanging from the bars, I was like, they're fucking hanging from the bars. And then you're like pieces of cloth. I'm like, oh, okay. And then you fucking hit me with yeah. the fucking bodies attached to those cloths, dude. Nine of them? Nine. Oh man, that fucking gave me chills, dude. Yeah. I'm, Cause that, that was a great picture. You just painted in my head right now. That's, oh man, I fucking hate that. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, I saw it coming, then I didn't see it coming, and then it happened. Yep. I was like, oh, great. Sorry, that was a, a fucking roller coaster of emotions that just went on. Um, so, like I mentioned, there was nine bodies hanging to those pieces of cloth uh-huh. that were tied to that metal grate. Um, there was also a tenth family member who was hanging nearby. Fuck. And then to add on to that, they also found the eleventh family member, who was the grandmother, who was laying dead next to a bed in the corner. Um, this is all in the living room? Or is this like throughout the house? Just in the living room area. Oh, and uh, I believe like we talked about the family a little bit earlier and who they were. The youngest was 15. And then the oldest was obviously the grandmother who was 80 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, like I mentioned earlier, it was very common that three generations would all live under the same roof. Um, and we had here that, you know, obviously the grandparent being the grandmother, the parents, and then the children. So, again, that's 11 family members in total. And based what we know so far, this is extremely bizarre. Uh, this family was well-liked. They were re- well-respected. They were very well-educated. They were just your all-around typical family. Yeah. Um, a lot of their neighbors and friends spoke about them, and, and they couldn't mention enough how much they loved them, how nice and caring they were. They seemed like great people. Mm-hmm. So the, the obviously this right off the bat didn't make a whole lot of sense to people. Um, there was no sign of forced entry other than the, the door for whatever reason being slightly open. Mm-hmm. Um, and nothing was, was taken. This just looked like, you know, a mass suicide. Yeah. Oh, oh, um, okay. Yeah. yeah. And when you kind of think about it, even if this was a murder or somehow this was a murder, how, how would it, how, how many people would it have taken to actually pull something like this off? Right. 11 people. Cause there's 11 people. So it couldn't have just been one person. People. If it was a murder. Quite a bit of men yeah, in there. It, it couldn't, it couldn't have been, uh, I mean, if it was a murder, it would have definitely taken more than one person to pull this off. Correct. It could not have been one person on their own. There's 11 people there. Mm-hmm. There's no way. And then on the flip side of that, if this was a suicide, why were they blindfolded? I didn't mention that, but they were also blindfolded. Oh, okay. yeah. Their hands were tied around their behind their back. Mm-hmm. Uh, their legs were tied. They had tape over their, their mouth and eyes. They had cotton in their ears, and they had a handkerchief in their mouth. 
So immediately, this doesn't. Was it a suicide? Was it a murder? Both don't make sense. So what yeah. was? What was it? a murder? Huh? It was a murder. You think it was a murder? What? I haven't said what it was uh, yet. Oh, okay. I mean, <laughs> like, what do you mean? People are dead, and they were tied prior to to being dead. Yeah. Um. Okay. I don't know. I mean, you're probably gonna, you be... probably have some. It's probably your notes. <laughs> you know, it's probably going to unfold. I'm just speculating because I was like, "What do you mean? It's obviously not a suicide." But... Yeah, I mean, it, it, there's questions for either either angle, like how it couldn't or could have been one of the two. You know what I mean? Okay. Um, something that I did want to mention though is that, um, and this isn't really important to the case, but I thought it was kind of worth mentioning. Um, but when they were found, there was actually a line outside of their store of people waiting uh, to buy things from their business across mm, the street. Yeah. And when people started to find out, this sort of created chaos and created a media frenzy because everybody wanted to see what was going on. Um, and I actually don't know how this happened. But at one point, somebody actually made their way into the house and took a video of the crime scene and posted it online, and it went viral. That video exists somewhere online. I did not. I, you didn't I'm, look for it? Fuck no. I, um, damn. That, that, <laughs> sorry. Yeah. Obviously, I don't want to see it, but what I have, what have I looked for it? Probably. <laughs> yeah, but it, Probably. it was posted online and it went absolutely viral. And that's kind of what was the fire starter. Yeah. To like, dude, they had so many that's people ugly, lined man. up outside of their house, like media, like just random people yeah, yeah, yeah. trying to find out what. Because like 11 people die in one house mm -hmm. and nobody knows why. That's that's insane. Mm -hmm. Obviously, it's going to pique people's interest. 100%. Um, but once the surviving family members, um, started to find out, they were absolutely, obviously, uh, shocked. Um, but kind of like I mentioned earlier, uh, a lot similar to with their neighbors and friends and things like that, their family members that ended up showing up also described the family as being, um, such kind and loving people and really didn't understand how this could possibly be a suicide. Mm -hmm. Uh, in fact, one of the deceased brothers said that he had spoken to his sister the night before the incident, and she had actually told him that all was doing well and that she had actually planned to call him the following day. Uh, another reason to why the family was kind of struggling to see that this was a suicide was because they had just thrown a massive party for one of the daughters. And on top of that, that same daughter was actually expected to be married soon. She so, was one uh, of the victims, right? Yes. Oh, so again, bringing up red flags, like why would it, why would this have been a suicide? Like it didn't look like they had any intentions yeah. or want to, so, to for, die. For me personally, like suicide is no longer... It, once you said that their hands were binded and their mm -hmm. mouths you know, were gagged and shit like that, like, this is not a suicide. So I was like, yeah, I know it's not going to be a fucking suicide. Okay. And then when I when I mentioned murder earlier, you looked at me funny. So I'm like, what what the fuck is going to happen? <laughs> well, so, I want you to feel the way that I did because I was also just as confused as you when I was four, reading into four. this. Gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> but so, also, aside from the family not, not understanding how this could have been a, a suicide, there was also some members of the public that also felt like the police were just labeling this as a suicide just to get it off of their plate and make themselves look good because it's the easy thing to do when you don't understand something like that 
Um, but ultimately, the police assured everyone that they would leave no stone left unturned. Mm. And what I will say, typically when we talk about these stories, you and me will talk about how the police did something wrong. In this specific case, I, I literally think the police did everything that they could to figure out what was oh, happening. Oh, wow, really? They, like, from what I so saw, at I, least... I'm sure, you know, that first statement, you know, where they're like, oh, it's a suicide, it's kind of like uh, like media, like, get the fuck off our back so we yes. can do our fucking yeah. job. So I, 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 I get what you mean. Yeah. Because yeah, so, at first I was like, what do you mean they did everything right or wrong or right, but... Um, they're talking about suicide, but then I was like, yeah, you know, yeah, they're probably I, like, yeah. I think that they, from what I saw, they did everything right. Right, um, right on. Which is kind of rare in the, the cases, like, well, at yeah. least most of the cases yeah. that we've talked about. It's also about. not America. Oh, no, no. Sure, for sure. Oh, shit, sorry. <laughs> anyway. <clears throat> Continue, sir. Um, but the police spent a lot of time uh, ruling out certain angles, and they tried to... Uh, get down to the roots of what really happened in the house that night. Mm-hmm. Um, they did find that the cloths that nine of the family members were hanging from were equal distances apart, meaning that's kind of that would kind of be hard to stage. Like if somebody like killed somebody, they're obviously going to be in a hurry. There's no way they have a time to sit there with a ruler. And measure out how far each of these cloths were apart. But they were equal distances apart from each other. Uh, so it would have been a little bit hard to stage. They also found that one of the fathers who was tied up had actually freed himself because one of his hands was free from the, the wires and showed signs of a struggle. So his hands were like all caught, uh, cut up. So it looked like he was trying to like get his hand out and scratched it up a little bit, was trying to release the the cloth around his neck. Mm -hmm. Um, They also found that all of the children's legs were completely bound and their arms were tied tightly behind their backs uh, with telephone wire. And they seemed to be tied up tighter um, than some of the other family members, the children. Um, Like I mentioned earlier, they all had tape over their mouths and eyes and cotton stuffed in their ears and a handkerchief stuck stuck in their mouth or shoved in their mouth. Um, The most interesting discovery, however, was the grandmother who, as I mentioned, was laying next to a bed in the corner. Um, She also had a cloth tied to her neck like everyone else, um, but she had a mark on the side of her neck. And the reason I bring that point up is uh, because with hangings, uh, when somebody hangs themselves, it, it typically creates a upwards V-shaped uh, mark on their neck. Okay. Uh, from obviously because they're they're, they're hanging, hanging from that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but she just had it on one side of their neck, which was kind of weird. Hmm. Um, now this is where things can potentially take a little bit of a dark twist. Oh, great. Uh, the police did find because the people hanging from the fucking the metal bars of uh, the, the skylight dark wasn't enough. enough. Yeah, it's yeah. definitely dark, but this is where it takes a darker turn. Okay, ten four. So love that. The police actually did end up finding what seemed to be the remains of a sacrificial ritual that had most likely been performed the night before. Uh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> Which yes, um, I can get down with that theory, but. 
so gruesome to think about. Okay. Still on? You, like, where, where do you, what do you, what do you, you It's still now? murder. Still I mean, murder? <laughs> yeah, so, you know, it's still murder, but yeah, like, I mean, adding that into it, I mean, yeah, everybody's hanging, except for one, right? I think there was only one person that wasn't hanging. Through grandmother, she was on the yeah, floor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, she, she's the oldest, maybe they're like, nah, you know, whatever. Um, but it's, Walking into something like that, wa- walking up the stairs and looking left or right, whatever, however the, their house is laid out, and just seeing nine bodies hanging, and then yeah. and then you said there was one more like somewhere else, right? Also yeah. hanging. Mm-hmm. To me, like right away, I'm like, yeah, I would definitely be like, dude, there's there's like some sort of cult that came in here and yeah. fucking. <sighs> this is scary. It's not the only time your mind's gonna be blown. God damn it, I'm not ready. All right, before you fucking blow my mind, apparently, <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and open this. Uh, this this is my third one, so <laughs> hopefully, just I'm doing something with my hands right now that you laughed at. You wouldn't understand. All right, <clears throat> oh oh, I see what you mean. Like it yeah, it's a little, little tight. Blue. Yeah. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> I hope you know every podcast is going to get more and more obscure as time goes on. More and more obnoxious, too. Anyway, cracked it open. How do you feel? That was a solid one. Yeah. I like the bust at the end. Appreciate it. <laughs> um, but diving back into everything, uh, after they discovered those remains of what seemed to be a some sort of like sacrificial ritual or something of that nature, uh, more and more details started to come to light. There was actually a CCTV uh, right outside of the family's house where uh, the police ended up analyzing that footage frame by frame. And from that footage, they were able to find that on June 28th of 2018, one of the family members who was the one of the mothers named Tina and her son, her son, Shavam, had actually purchased four new stools from a nearby market. Those same four stools were found at the footsteps of the hanging bodies. Yes. And then on June 30th, the night before the incident, Tina and another uh, member of the family, uh, Netu, um, arrived with more stools. And then uh, the actual night uh, of the incident, um, there was one of the sons who was also seen going into the plywood shop that they owned right next to their house. Mm -hmm. To get a bundle of wires and then took them upstairs into the house. Uh, from that mm. footage, they only really saw movement from the family members. They didn't see anybody else walking around. They only saw family members going in, in and, and out, out of, of the, the house. house. Okay. Um, at, I like how we did it. At the same yeah. Time. <laughs> hot. Anyway. Um, but at this point, police were almost certain that no outsiders were involved. Or at least that, that, that was their assumption mm-hmm. of the matter. Now, the question at this point for the police goes from, was this a murder from an outsider? Or was this a mass suicide? Or was someone in the actual family responsible from, for what happened? Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously the police wanted to uh, be as detailed as they possibly could to collect every bit of information um, that they could find. And while they were conducting, uh, or continuing rather, to investigate, they actually discovered a diary 
And when they read this diary, everything started to make sense to them. And because of this, they decided to search each room at least 10 times to see what else they could find. And by the end of the search, they found 11 diaries in total. And I want you to remember that. 11 diaries in total. That's one for every family member. So, the earliest diary Mm -hmm. was from 2007. And the last diary was at the time of the incident. Mm. 11 years in total. The the diary entry, right? Yes. Okay. 11 years in total. Okay, so, yeah, okay, okay. Now, Mm, while they were outside of the house, they noticed that there were some weird objects sticking out of the building. Uh, Those objects ended up being pipes, but they didn't look right. Because they were in a cluster. Why the hell would there be, like, pipes in, like, a cluster all in the same area? Yeah, I'm assuming they're not connected to anything. No, they're just, like, sticking out of the wall. You know what I mean? Like like a laundry vent. Like, you know what I mean? Like, sticking out out of the wall. Oh. You get what I mean? Like, the laundry vents on the outside. Yeah, I I get what you mean, but I think I'm I'm confused. I'm, I'm trying to envision a bundle. Yeah, yeah. they're so like that's all like that's right I'm... next to each other, like in random places but like across the, the wall. But the wall was placed over the pipes. No, the the walls here and the pipes are sticking out of the wall. But they're in the wall. Yeah, they're in the wall. That's what I'm saying. Oh, like... Okay, yeah, yeah, they're in the wall, but they're just sticking out. Okay, okay, um, okay, okay. So they they uh, it obviously looked just odd. It didn't look right. Correct. Um, seven of the pipes were facing upwards, and then four of the pipes were just straight. Okay. Um, that's eleven pipes in total. And oh fuck! Seven of the family members. So remember, seven of the pipes were facing upwards, and eleven or four were just straight. Seven of the family members were female, and four of the the uh, family members were males. And that's uh, eleven family members in total. What the fuck is going on? <laughs> now, you obviously think that's pretty weird. Yeah. But. Oh, yeah? But. Okay. These pipes were arranged in the exact exact same pattern that the bodies were hanging. Uh, What? There's a lot to unpack here. (laughs) Some some people actually thought that those pipes were a way to let the souls escape the the house. Okay. I'm the paranormal guy, and I'm over here like, what? Like, what the <laughs> fuck? Um, mm. So I, I also have to remember that this technically takes place starting from 2007 to 2018. That's that's when the diaries were written. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying, yeah, like, yeah. like, as far as, like, everything else being set up, I'm going to assume that they were also set up sure. during the same, over that time frame. Um, which, by the way, um, maybe I'm stupid. It's, uh, they, 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 they they found the bodies in 2018, correct? Yes. Diary entry started in 20, 2007. Yep. That's 11 years, too. Yep, that's what I said. Oh, did you? Yeah. <laughs> Look at me. Look, these beers are catching up. Okay, sorry. I fucking forgot about that. I'm over here thinking like, wow, I'm fucking so smart. Good job, Cyrus, you fucking investigator. But you said it. That's probably what's in my head. Sorry. I, I'm, this is my third beer now. <clears throat> so, anyway, continue. Um... So even though that's weird, it does get a little bit weirder. Um, there were also 11 uh, bars above their door. There were 11 windows on the house. There were 11 vents, and there were 11 rails on their balcony. 
So that number 11 just kept popping up All like, right. over so, and over again. My problem is, is now I feel like we're reaching. Okay, the, <laughs> the other ones were like, good. I was like, okay, I'm down, I'm down, I'm down with the get down. Now you're talking about what? What'd you say, 11 steps? Uh, <laughs> I don't know what you said. Bars, windows, vents. Okay, rails. now I'm like, okay, hold on, wait. It's now now weird, we're reaching. Though. It is weird, but now it's starting to seem a little more like just coincidence. Yeah. But the... The the other thing you said, I was like, oh, okay, yeah, that's weird. But, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, now, kind of getting back to the diaries, um, once police read them, like I mentioned, they knew everything that happened that night. On uh, one of the page written about pages of the diary written about a week before the incident, there was a sentence that said, perform the banyan tree ritual for seven days. A banyan tree is a big tree with long roots hanging I've, from its branches. I, yeah, I've, I've heard of I've heard of those trees. And this ritual basically suggests that they have to act as the roots hanging from the branches. In the diary, it also had instructions, and this is a direct quote. It read, "Perform the banyan ritual for seven days nonstop. If there is a visitor, it can be performed the next day. Nothing should be visible." Use dim lights, eyes should be closed and blindfolded. Gag the mouth with a handkerchief and keep the mind absolutely in- empty. While standing at attention, imagine the branches are intertwining you. Banyan should be the, done with determination and it will help with atonement. Hmm. Um, from examining these uh, notes further, it seemed like uh, they were written on a daily basis and that each morning, every member of the family would wake up and check the diary uh, to see what the routine for that day would be. Um, it was almost as if these diaries were telling them how to conduct their life. Um, and that being said, it, it did kind of seem like there was some sort of entity almost that was giving them these directions in writing. Um but like we were talking about earlier, uh, you know, it's very common in India that these families all live together, right, mm-hmm. um, under one roof. And typically in that family, there's a head of household um, who all the authority, like, comes from him. Um, and this in family in particular, their head of household was actually uh, the grandfather of the house uh, who actually passed away. Mm-hmm. Uh, after their grandfather passed away, the youngest son, uh, Lalit, uh, became the head of household. Apparently, he was very mature and uh, he was very well respected and a lot of people actually looked up to him. Um, these diaries that we've been talking about so far, I, I think it's important to mention that, uh, like we already talked about this, but they started in 2007. In 2007, at a time that was right after um, the grandfather's death. So mm-hmm. Lalit's father. Uh, that's when, when he died, these diaries started to mm-hmm. be written. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a lot of sections within these diaries that said things like, Lalit is feeling very anxious, or follow Lalit's instructions or else the outcome will be disastrous. Um, also, what we find out in those diaries is that Lalit had also been visited by his father in dreams and they would talk and they would have conversations uh and eventually when he started to share these conversations that he was having with um 
dream daddy, if you will. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. Um, Look, man. I hope one day um, my future uh, lady friend calls me that. <laughs> Um, (laughs) but once he started sharing those conversations with his family uh one of the women of the family actually told their neighbors that lalit was possessed by the spirit of their grandfather and that he is who guides them Uh, and apparently (laughs) when uh those moments would happen where he would share these conversations with the rest of his family he would actually speak in the actual voice of his father. Whoa. Okay. I just made the weirdest fucking sound ever just right now. Sorry. Okay. And what kind of adds another sprinkle of creepy to that is that Lalit would even um, in these conversations by saying things like Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday I'll be back. And they would turn back to normal and they actually had calendars in their diaries that would kind of map out when the grandfather would return again through through that guy through that guy yeah Hmm. and there was also an actual quote in the diary that said follow the will of the diaries and not your own don't think what's the use when it happens your eyes will be open okay so where are you at now I'm just fucking lost now. <laughs> There's so many moving parts in this story. <laughs> yeah. All right. So I'm starting I'm starting to think that it might be um I'm gonna go mass hysteria. Yeah. That that's that's the theory I'm now on. Mass hysteria. Gotcha. And uh we'll go from there. Cool. Awesome. Well, uh there are we could spend like all episode on just the diaries alone because yeah, there's yeah. so many like wild quotes from those diaries and we can go on and on Damn, about it. Could have been a five part yeah. fucking episode. <laughs> I would have to do no work. I would just <laughs> for five weeks and just show up. Good. Uh, oh, wait. No, there's 11 diaries. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but these diaries basically just listed out like. What needed to change? What mistakes were being made? Who was doing what wrong and who was doing it right? And the consequences that would come from uh, making mistakes and how it everything took a toll on Lalit and how everything that family had was specifically due to what Lalit did mm-hmm. and his, his wife. They were right. responsible for everything that everybody else had in life. Right. Uh, eventually, the police decided that they should probably find out who wrote these diaries. Correct. It was the grandma. Sorry. (laughs) I'm so sorry. I didn't even know. Go ahead. But obviously, they were almost certain that Lalit was the one who was writing the journals. It was the grandma. It was. (laughs) But when the reports came out, it was revealed that Lalit's two nieces were actually the ones who had written the notes. Hmm. Now, journals, the diaries. Yeah, the diaries. diaries, Okay. And to me, this just shows how controlled by Lalit's word they were. Mm -hmm. And this could be due to the fact that the probably sociopath. uh, Yeah. Um, But it could. This could honestly be due to the fact that the family did struggle 
or they had struggled financially for a long time. Mm -hmm. And as soon as Lalit started to have these sort of uh, visits from Dream Daddy... Uh, I Dream... fucking hate you for sneaking that in. <laughs> you you did that and tried to continue reading without, like, fuck you. Go ahead. Continue. <laughs> Starting with Dream Daddy. <laughs> as soon as Lalit started have the, having those visits from his father... Um, Things started to look up for them. Okay. Uh, their businesses started to prosper. Family members got good jobs. A couple of them actually got their master's degrees. Awesome. And they, they had more money than they'd ever had before. Yeah. So it almost seemed by listening to him, they would be rewarded for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that, kind of diving back into the story here, um, once the coroner's reports came out, they confirmed that 10 of the 11 deaths were in fact caused by hanging. Now, if you remember, I did mention that there was one family member, the grandmother, who was laying on the floor uh, next to the bed. Um, they declared her death to be a uh, partial hanging. Um, uh, who? Who? Sorry. The, the grandmother, the, the lady that was on the floor. On the floor. In the corner. Yeah. Oh, uh, okay. They, they uh, claim her death to be by partial hanging. Uh, in the diaries, it actually did say... That the grandmother was too old and overweight and oh. to be able to get on the stool and do this standing up. So she had to do it laying down with a, a cloth tied around a door. Oh. So that's why she was on the floor. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, they also did mention that the grandmother had some marks on her arms. So there could have been some sort of uh, struggle. Uh, so maybe yeah. she didn't one hundred percent because she's on the floor. It. She's well, that, well, that she's, too. she's yeah. on the floor. That you know, it, you know. I, I I remember reading, not reading, hearing something about um. <clears throat> sorry, um, you can't drown yourself. Yeah. If you try to dunk your head underwater, you're you're by instinct we're gonna jump up. I mean, yeah. unless you like tie something around your legs, you can't you cannot drown yourself. Yeah. On purpose. So I, I would assume like hanging from a doorknob. You know, she's probably sitting on the floor. Yeah. She she knows she can fight, and I bet that her body was like, no, 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 we're not doing this. Yeah. Like, it's fucking, yeah, so. That could be it. So, I, 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 I can kind of see see that, yeah. I can see why there was struggle. Yeah. You know, she, maybe she's like, fucking, I'm like, mm. yeah. Yeah. She wants to do it, but her body doesn't. It, yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. Um, with this kind of also brings me to the point, speaking about willingness to die, and, like, if anybody was, like, forced to do this, but how the hell do you get children to willingly do this as well? You they're easy I mean? to manipulate. Uh, but the like the thing manipulate. is that they, they, so. they were tied up tighter than everybody else. Because they probably were still young and they're like, wait, no, I don't want to do this. And however, like they probably are easier to manipulate to be like, hey, you know, like, like let's do this. Or, and I hate fucking talking like this. I really do. Um, but then at the end of the day, they're like, no, but they're probably going to. Kids are going to rebel. Let's tie yeah. them up a little tighter. Yeah. I fucking hate that. Ah, man, this is a disgusting story. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's it's also kind of important to mention at this point in the story is that what they did find is that uh, more than likely, Lalit and his wife, Tina, were most likely tied up last. Um, their legs were free. And the wires uh, around their hands were different than everybody else's. They were actually okay. tied in front of their bodies. 
instead of behind their bodies. These are the kids? And they were tied oh, uh, loosely. Lalit and Lalit, his wife. Oh, too. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, so it just seemed like they were the ones that were tied up last. Mm-hmm. And probably the most willing. Yeah. Yeah. So just a couple of seconds ago, we kind of talked about somebody's actual willingness to go through with something like mm-hmm. this. Um, in a lot of places throughout the world, uh, unfortunately, there's incidences where women don't have the the same rights as men do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in this specific place in the world, uh, oftentimes women, uh, these women were told what they could and couldn't do. Gotcha. Um, so with that being said, at what point, depending on what went went on in that house do you call this a murder versus a suicide again depending on what actually happened since they don't really have the right if a man tells them hey you're gonna do this they don't really have the right to say no Mm -hmm. you know what i mean so when does that become a murder versus a suicide you get what i'm saying yeah yeah, yeah. um the in the really the reason why i bring this up is because in the journal it also said that that the uh, grandfather would actually return again to the ritual. So he was going to be present for them doing the ritual. The uh, grandfather. The grandfather. Who that was came visiting. in the dream. Yes. Yes. Dream daddy. Um, <laughs> Stop throwing it in there. <laughs> um, in the diaries, it also mentioned that this ritual was going to be quick and that he would show up to save them and that it would increase their betterment over time. Um, in the diary, it also mentioned that, that uh, and this is another direct quote, do not panic while performing the Banyan tree ritual. The earth might shake or the skies might tremble. Explain to the children that they should keep chanting mentally. The chanting may last from five to 15 minutes. Lalit will protect you all. One person should do the job of tying the noose. As a precaution, once the noose has been tied, Lalit will give a signal with a stick. Meaning that they would all get on the stools, they would all tie themselves up. Once Lalit was tied up and on the stool as well, he would wave a stick and that's when everybody would jump from the stools. Okay, yeah. Um, and to kind of move towards wrapping this story up, based on all of the findings, a lot of people, myself included, think Lalit made this all up in his head. And uh, that he essentially was uh, playing with his fam- uh, his family's minds uh, mm-hmm. psychologically. Um, I think it really could have been either one or two things, or maybe even at that, a mixture of the two. He was either actually mentally ill, or he had taken this scenario way too far, and he just needed a way out, and he was afraid of losing his power for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Um, something that I also think is worth mentioning here is that when Lalit was younger, he actually got into a bad accident. He ended up crashing his bike and he was, um, hospitalized for a few days. Um, and he suffered some, from some pretty bad head injuries. Um, as a consequence, uh, he would oftentimes fall asleep like out of nowhere. So he could be having a conversation with somebody one minute oh. then he could fall asleep the next uh, minute. Narcolepsy. Is that what it's called? Maybe. Yeah, I think that's uh, narcolepsy. People that uh, dogs even have it, like animals have. Well, it's a anybody can have it. I think. Yeah. Yeah, that you just fall asleep. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty much what happened. Yeah. You fall asleep out of nowhere. Oh, cool. Uh, Not cool. Sorry, <laughs> but I, 
I'm just happy I knew that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, but aside from that, he also had another bad accident um, soon after that. But this time it was almost as an attempted murder. Okay. So he had worked at a uh, another plywood shop. And he had a dispute about his pay, like how much he was getting paid mm-hmm. or like how much he was paid on a certain paycheck. And I guess him and the boss got into it. And apparently Lala got his shit rocked and was folded like a lawn chair. And... <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> and while he was laid out, he was actually locked into the shop and it was lit on fire. Oh, wow. uh, obviously, he ended up getting out, uh, but he suffered another head injury. And also, he had so much smoke that entered his lungs, uh, he could no longer talk anymore. So he couldn't talk at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's some doubt from medical professionals that that was actually the case, that he really lost his voice. But mm-hmm. he only communicated through writing, and he actually didn't speak a single word for three years. Um, and, and the reason there's kind of doubt around whether or not he actually lost his voice is because he probably suffered from PTSD from that specific incident. And with PTSD that goes untreated, this can lead to what's called psychosis, uh, which causes the mind not to be able to deal with things in a a rational way Mm -hmm. and get this. One of the direct side effects of psychosis is hearing voices. Mm. And uh, what this was ultimately ruled as was shared psychosis. So what you were Mass talking hysteria. about. Mass hysteria. Yeah. Yeah. So that that's what it was ultimately ruled as. Yeah. And I, I think. There are, there are a few good like stories where nobody dies yeah. um, that, that have to do with the mass hysteria that I really like, man. It's, it's a trip, man. Yeah. It's a trip. And it could be like. You know, some sort of manipulation, or you know, uh, or maybe yeah. just like your your love for your you know this person that's having it. It's like, oh, I'm a ride. I'm a ride from you know my husband or my yeah. um, you know son or whatever. And and so yeah, that's that's interesting. But I I, I really think um, speaking of like how he got people to like follow along with him, I think that um, him saying that he was being visited by his father and then getting his voice back mm-hmm. afterwards that was weird. kind of a catalyst in the family buying into that. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, their financial and life situation consistently improving mm-hmm. as this was all going on uh, is kind of what got everybody to uh, buy into everything. But that's kind of wraps up a pretty insane case. And we'll talk about it here in just a bit. So I think the main question that I have going out of this this story is now, you know, what the hell do you call this? Because it, it can't be a murder because they all did this willingly. Correct. And it can't be a suicide because they had no intentions of actually dying. Correct. You know? Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, hmm. Yes and no. I'm going a, I'm to a roll it a suicide, suicide, suicide personally um, yeah. because... 
I do feel like they did do it willingly, but yes, you're right. They didn't. They didn't well, intend to die. They didn't intend to die. Yeah, they but, didn't intend to die. Actually, in the journals, it said that everybody would help them each other from untying each other from taking them off. Yeah. So they were they were just doing it like just to like because they thought Sky Dream our Dream Daddy was gonna show up and you're gonna say Sky Daddy right now. <laughs> what? That's God, by the way. <laughs> Um. Uh, okay. No. Yeah. For yeah, because they were supposed to like, I don't know, get choked out and then saved by their family members. I don't know. It's weird. It seems like it was a weird thing that definitely was stemmed from, like you said earlier, mass psychosis or mass hysteria, and they all ended up dying. I feel like at the end of the day, the motive of the guy who was doing, which I forget his name, Lollet. Lollet. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I was gonna say it, but I didn't want to mispronounce it. Um, that was his intention. I think so. Yeah. I think his intention was like, was no, like... I'm gonna, I'm gonna make sure all my family members, including myself, die right now. But he was probably like selling it as, oh, you know, like oh, we're gonna help each other now. We're just gonna, you know, yeah, hang here for. I, I think he was literally uh, insane. Uh, he was. Yeah, yeah he was. He... I think he. I think he. I think early on, and he was the one that had narcolepsy, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think early on. Like, maybe he was, like, fabricating it a little bit, but I think he actually did have some form of mm. mental illness. And and it was going on for so long that he started to believe himself. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I know I know that that's definitely a, um, something that definitely happens. Uh, and then since 2007, his daughters were always writing the diaries? I believe so. Okay. Yeah. Mm. Well, that, his nieces. Nieces, nieces. Yeah. Sorry, nieces. Hmm. Man, that's fucked up. What a fucking story! Yeah, wow, yeah, that was a fucking roller coaster of emotions. (laughs) I'm here like, oh, murder! Oh, it must be like a local gang that was like, (laughs) I don't know, didn't like their produce or something, and they did the deed, and then it was like, no, yeah, that was good. That was a doozy, man. Yeah, doozy. Good job. Like I said, I would definitely recommend watching the Netflix. I check it out. Yeah, what's it called? Uh, it is called the uh, Barari Deaths. The Barari Deaths on Netflix. Yeah, there is a yeah. Some translations are a little bit weird, but it's it's really good. What do you mean translations? Like, like, like uh, Narcos I, I don't of? know. Well, I don't think everybody watches TV. Like I, I watch it with the subtitles on. So do I. Um, but they'll be saying one thing, and the subtitles will say something else. That's what because it, it, it was recorded in uh, Hindi. Oh, and it's translated into English, so I think it's not bad or anything. It's just weird to like be reading and then they're saying something mm, else, and okay. it's just like words here and there. Yeah, for sure. It's a, it's a really well done document. Right on, right on. All right, but yeah, well, that is that. That's another story in the books. God damn. Um, like Cyrus said, episode ten now. Episode 10. Uh, we'll be back next week for episode 11. Again, thank you guys for all tuning in. Um, we'd really appreciate it if you would uh, check out our Instagram at the DWTD uh, just to keep up with the podcast. Um, send us a message. Let us know what you want to hear about, mm-hmm. how you like messages, things like that. That'd be groovy. Uh, but other than that, we will see you next week on the Drinking with the Dead podcast. Bye.